Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tori Dealing With, where each episode is short, sweet, and the perfect thing to enjoy in the morning, just like your coffee. Today I'm excited to share a podcast episode with you featuring two guests who have profoundly influenced my growth. Suzanne Morris and Melissa Recalled are my life coaches and I've been working with them for the past three years. Initially when I started to see them, it was with my ex-fiance and we were seeking couples counseling. Although, after the breakup, I turned to these women for more guidance even more. What I found is that the problems that I was facing in my present could only be fixed by healing my past. Enjoy part one of this interview with these incredible coaches and see if any of my personal healing applies to your life. Thank you so much to my incredible guests who are coming on the show today. I've talked about both of these women in probably every single one of my podcasts thus far. They have had such an incredible impact on my life and to have you both on the show right now is just incredible. So Melissa and Suzanne, welcome to Tori Dealing With. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having us. As mentioned before, I've talked about so much of the work that we've done together on the podcast. And so I feel like me introducing you is not even enough. I really want to let you guys kind of take the stage and let you introduce yourselves and talk about the work you do. And then we can go into how impactful it's been for me. Um, Suzanne, I'd love to start with you. Would you mind just telling everybody who you are and and the work you do? Sure, sure. My name is Suzanne Morris, and I am a life coach. I'm trained as a therapist as well, but decided pretty early on that I wanted to coach. I would even say that I've been coaching before there were life coaches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've been working in this same field for about 33 years. I was adding it up this morning and thinking, oh my goodness, how long? But in one way or another, I mean, I literally started it pretty young. I think we tried to figure it out and I think it's 40,000 hours with clients. And so it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of hours. And the biggest piece though, yeah, the biggest piece is that I love it. I, it's my passion sitting with people, helping them to, you know, attain goals as well as more importantly, be comfortable in their skin and be able to move through things in their lives without getting so stuck. So I find that's pretty much what I do and what the program is. I've come up with a few programs as I've been running really organically, really based on what I've seen in all of those hours and what people need. One is the inner self healing journey uh, that I've been doing for a while now. And that the process of that was really sitting for so many hours, watching people struggle with the same patterns over and over and over again, and then just realizing, hey, they're repeating themselves. They're repeating things that they were told about themselves, things that they developed for survival. And then I realized as I was sitting with them, none of that was really accurate. None of that was true. You know, we have well-meaning parents, well-meaning adults that come in and teach survival, and we grab it because we want to survive and we want to do the right thing, but it doesn't always fit us, and we get stuck and we get caged in this pattern, and that's usually why people come to see us, is they're stuck, they want to move forward, and they're not able to access deeper self, true self. They're not able to really get to who they are, and then this leads to a lot of unhappiness. Yes. So that's basically, in a <laughs> nutshell, <laughs> uh, what, how I got here, what I'm doing, and like that. And then Melissa came on board. Yeah. So I was yeah. thinking back, yeah. and I met Suzanne in 2000, I think it was end of 2010, 2011, and then really started coaching with Suzanne probably the end of 2015, 16, so it's now 
been several years. She's obviously has been huge for me, a mentor, and and we've really grown and learned and coached from there. Yeah. It's been amazing to work with both of you. And just so every all the listeners understand the relationship that I have with you both, I'm on the inner self journey. So I meet with Suzanne mm-hmm. and our incredible group once a month and go through that experience, which is its own beast in an amazing way. And then I meet with Melissa in in private sessions and have already gone through the inner self healing journey, which is the program that you talked about that that you created, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. So it's really been a blend of working with both of you in different capacities, but overall been so profound for me. And I think just even listening to you explain it about what you do, like that's exactly what happened to me. Mm -hmm. I arrived to you guys through referral because you are Mm -hmm. referral based and are choosing to expand, which is amazing. But initially a friend introduced me to you guys and I almost didn't really know why I was going, but I just knew I needed some guidance. I needed some help, didn't know who to talk to and stumbled across the inner self healing journey. So that is something that I don't think a lot of people even recognize that they have to do. Healing forward means going backwards. And so I want to talk about the inner self-healing journey a little bit more. Sure. When and and how long did it take you after working with clients to identify like, okay, we have to go backwards for pretty much everybody first? I'd say I was sitting with clients and little by little, I was coming up with worksheets and exercises to get them through things that they were stumbling over. Uh, I would say it took me a decade to come up with the inner self-healing journey as it is now just by sitting and listening and and going through. So in its form now, and what it is now is it's 12 journeys. Uh, There's a couple of bonus journeys. And we really just run you through opening up to your inner self, your inner child. I like to say the inner self is all ages. Uh, My inner self can be five years old. My inner self can be 25 years old. It just depends on where you're going in and you're tapping into. Now, we want to tap into the place where there might be a discord, a place where maybe you got shut down or a place where you didn't get a need met. And on the journey, there are lots and lots of exercises to be able to do that. We really just come at you from all directions. It starts out with just making you very comfortable. So everybody, this is so interesting to me, everybody has an inner child alive and well in them at all times. All ages are in here right now as we, as we speak. And accessing that and knowing what's going on is key because if I'm triggered or something's going on or if I'm running just, you know, really on autopilot and I don't have an awareness of what's going on with me, I'm going to make decisions. I'm going to find myself in the same patterns over and over again. And so knowing, having that awareness of, hey, what happened? What birthrights, which we can talk about, what birthrights, what needs didn't get met and how do I go from there? And so to answer your question a little more succinctly, I realized that there were five core needs as children that we have. And I call those the birthrights. They're love, safety, acceptance, nurturing, and learning. And I can go through those with you because I think it might be really helpful for your listeners to say, oh, I got that. I didn't get that. But I find that when you don't get these, there's a real disconnect. And you do one of two things. You learn to live without it, which means then you don't know how to accept it once you're in your adult world. Or 
you overcompensate and you get into a survival mode and you get that need met. So for instance, if you didn't have safety in your home, if you didn't have, um, you were worried about, you know, your, your finances as a kid, your parents talk about it, or you didn't have physical safety, then you grow up and you go out and every time there's concern that, hey, I'm not going to be safe or the money's not going to be there, you'll overcompensate. And so really it's like going out into the world with a pair of goggles on that you see everything in this direction. Every, everything looks like this. It's got the layover of what I'm missing. Uh, I better get this or it won't be okay. And it even goes as far as what you believe about yourself. You know, you're told certain things and you believe them. Why wouldn't we believe them? This, you know, that, that household is all that you knew. And I know we can go further into the birth rates, but I know for you, Tori, there was, there were a couple of those birthright needs that really hit. Do you want me to talk a little bit about the birthright needs and then you can tell me which for you were big? Sure. Yeah. I've heard you talk about it before on a podcast. Well, the first one, when I say love, that's unconditional love. Most people say, yeah, I got that. Of course I had love. I was loved. I say that. Unconditional love is a little different. And for that reason, I say a lot of children feel like they don't get it because there are conditions on love. For me, I knew if I looked pretty and I had manners and I did the right thing, I was going to get kudos. I was going to get what felt like love from my mom. I was going to be told I was terrific. And so really that love often doesn't feel just pure and easy, right? It's conditional. And so that's the first one. The second one is safety, safety, security, protection. And Safety goes in two ways. It goes both emotional safety and physical safety. And so emotional safety really is, can I express myself? Is anyone going to yell at me or scream at me? Is, this, is there yelling going on in my house? Do I feel safe just to be, to be okay and to express and to have people express to me? And then the other one is physical safety. And that really does go to things like, am I being bullied? Um, is there any, any, is anyone touching my body? Do I feel, am I frightened about that? Do I worry about my family's financial situation? Do I have a warm bed? I mean, do, do I have to worry about where the next meal is coming from? These are really hard things as a child. Uh, children don't have as much perspective as adults. And so that's the safety birthright. The next one is the acceptance. And the acceptance is acceptance, attention, mirroring, belonging, and respect. Now, this is a biggie. A biggie. <laughs> and it's very much, I see you. I accept you, I value you and your individuality, you belong. So it isn't based on like, I'm a parent, it isn't based on what I think you should be to belong here. It's, hey, you're an individual and I see you and accept you. And very few of us get that because again, well-meaning parents in many instances just want our, our kids to be okay. So we teach them what we know worked. Mm. Exactly. And oftentimes we're just passing on the ancestral survival, right? The next one is nurturing. And nurturing is big. Understanding, nurturing, supporting, praise. And that's warmth and a soft landing for your trials and your victories. And so that's just knowing, as we all do, we fall down, we get up. That's just having somebody there to be your cheerleader, to to help pick you up. And that's also very key. And then the last one is learning and that's teaching healthy boundaries, healthy discipline and fairness. And that's 
patience while you're learning. This is the biggest thing. I hear from a lot of people that there was no patience while they were being taught something, right? Good examples and modeling, right? Do as I do, not as I say. And those are the five birthrights. I can kind of, you know, know what yours were, but why don't you talk yeah. about it? Melissa and I have really, obviously this work has been so profound for me and was the first time working with you ladies was the first time I ever actually got to see it so clearly. Even though when you look at it backwards now, I'm like, oh, duh. And so acceptance was a big one for me. Melissa, I think we went into this a lot. Even looking at myself now, what I do, the platform I have, I'm on reality television. Like I couldn't be more loud and asking for more attention in many ways. And so now I'm thankful that I am where I am. But um, and then and then Tori jump judging yourself for wanting the attention. Yes. And it's just been a journey with that. I now and, and the beautiful thing about doing this work has helped me like you said, not, not judge so much, see where my survival has gotten me. All of these patterns got me to this place to help me build this platform. But do I have to now continue to act out of survival? Now I, I put the power back in me and I'm aware of my patterns and what made me the way I am. And I can move forward with my strengths and that's that. I can choose to tap into it if I if I want to, but obviously it, the goal is to not. <laughs> right. And and something very important to say here because people get very nervous when we start going in and removing survival behaviors. They say, "Oh no, but I need that. I need that. I need mm -hmm. that." And what I like to tell people is, we're not taking away the good mm -hmm. part. <laughs> we're not taking apart I'm sorry, we're not taking away the part that you can really use for success. We're just taking away the part that feels a little desperate and the part that feels like you have to fight or there has to be a survival in here because that part just isn't necessary. We're keeping the good stuff. I just want to be clear. We're keeping all of the things that work. And I believe, Tori, you have. You know, you've really stood up into your power uh, using the things that you learned but being able to use them in such an easier way. Definitely feels easier. And I think that some of the things that I've experienced since we've been working together for maybe three years, something along those lines, mm -hmm. it's been a while since, mm -hmm. since Jordan, because originally I came mm -hmm. with Jordan. And then I obviously I continue to work with you personally. And I right. think about everything that I've been able to accomplish since working with you. And then also yes. I've had these same conversations where I'm like, I don't know if I'm comfortable like getting rid of that like work hard or go home mentality or because I've created so many things with it. But now looking at it, like I've accomplished even bigger things, which is crazy. Yes. I have my own podcast, the host of another podcast and winning mm -hmm. the challenge, things that or even dealing with, yeah. you know, seeing my ex on the challenge, like all of these things I was right. able to get through easier. It, yeah, it's just been so powerful and I'm so grateful. I'm, I'm curious, Melissa, what have you seen from your side of working with me? Huge, huge transition. I mean, I remember the day you said you wanted to do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? You were like, I want to have a podcast. And, and there were a couple hurdles there to look at yeah. and work through. And I was looking back at your notes. And, and the, when we first started, I, I, in quotes, if you don't mind, I share, it's, I won't be fully happy until. And then it was like, there was like a number. So there was that security, a bit of the financial piece running, yeah. running some of the show. And, and the funny thing is that it's, it's come in the more that you've done the work yeah. of really holding space for yourself, sitting with yourself. Yes. I think that has been 
just the transition night and day. You released a lot of things. One, fear of being alone, right? Yes. Forgot about that one. (laughs) That was massive. And then the good girl, right? The image. Very much about the image, right? That's been released. I saw something, if I can interject, I think, Melissa, that's so right on the money. Um, when you, if I can talk about this, when you first came in, it was with Jordan and some of these things that were, that were happening so early was really being okay with myself. And what I want to point out here is what Melissa is getting to and what she's talking about is you've learned to stand up into yourself, right? Because what people do in relationships is they both come in with their separate, Uh, triggers their separate baggage, their separate needs, the places where their needs didn't get met from the birthrights. And then they put, they put it on each other. Mm -hmm. They put it on each other of like, I need this, I need this, I need this. And that was a really big win for you. Being able to say, I don't need this. I'm okay. As I am, I can stand up into myself. And the process that I saw right away after that was fear. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I'm choosing me because you really did choose you. I'm choosing me. And how do I stand up into that? And as you did, you know, you, you slowly stand up. It takes a lot of soul searching. It takes a lot of going in and saying, oh, I'm triggered here. Why do I feel like I need to be with someone when I know I don't? All I need to do is be with myself. And so that was a beautiful process to watch. Mm -hmm. It was so incredible to see you do it. And as we know, it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride because even though you're perfectly safe, that's not what you've told yourself, right? right? that's not what comes in. And what comes in is a gatekeeper, which is a term we use to describe the loyal soldier that stands at the gate to make sure you're safe, Margaret. right? To make sure you're getting <laughs> Margaret. right? Her name is Margaret. Didn't you see a boat yes. that had Margaret on it? Yes. That blew my mind just to give some backstory. Mm-hmm. So yes, like when we go through the inner self healing journey, we find mm-hmm. our gatekeeper, a name will come to you. Margaret mm-hmm. came to me. I don't mm-hmm. know why. And then the week, the last weekend I was hanging out with Jordan really before we broke up, there was a huge boat there saying mm-hmm. Margaret just on the land painted the mm-hmm. Margaret. And I'm like, what am I about to, what's about to happen? Yeah. You know? And then obviously the storm right. hits. It's incredible this work. So I'm sorry. I think I cut you off after mm-hmm. you, we were talking about the You didn't. You okay. didn't. Look, I, I love all of that. Um, and so what we do is we learn to listen to that gatekeeper in a different way because the gatekeeper is a fierce and loyal soldier. The gatekeeper is not going to stand down. We are no match for our gatekeeper. This gatekeeper has lived with us in our home, has gotten us our very basic needs. And when you go to war with your gatekeeper gatekeeper's going to win. And so what we do is we befriend the gatekeeper. The gatekeeper loves us. That's your soldier that's in there for you. And so we befriend the gatekeeper. We um, sit and really do have a better understanding of, hey, I don't need this warrior in my life. And we ask the gatekeeper to sit down and thank them very much. And we bring in instead an aligned inner parent. And this is key, right? Because we all become our most critical parent internally. The gatekeeper to keep us safe will have a harsh voice, a harsh voice like, shut up, sit down. That was stupid. Just anything that can be said to keep us safe. And it's well-meaning 
But when we get out of this environment of our home, we don't automatically just click out and say, I don't need that survival anymore because a whole operating system has been painted for us. This is who I am. This is how I move through. This is what it is. And so this must apply everywhere. The truth is it, it doesn't. It doesn't apply everywhere. And so what we do in the inner self journey is we just start stripping away some of those things, some of those behaviors that aren't true. We talk about how you got the behaviors, not just through the birthrights, but through creating an operating system um, and how an operating system is created, right? How you come in, a nature piece. I have a son and what I've noticed is every child comes in wired in a certain way. I know I did. I came in very sensitive. Also what you observe and absorb, even pre-verbal, like what's going on in my house? What's, what's happening or what isn't said, but is there in the energy? What's told to me directly? Um, rich people are bad. Rich people are good. Um, you got to be careful out there. Life is dangerous. I mean, what is the general thing that you're being told? What society dictates? And we know that's a really big thing for mm -hmm. a lot of people, the comparison and what's going on. And then finally, all of the things that you develop for survival to stay in that. That's the operating system. And so what we do is we take you through and you're able to see those things, which I think you did and was part mm -hmm. of the process where you were able to stand up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to hear from you because I remember sitting with you, you, had, you were on a trip somewhere and sitting on a bed. And at one point in our, in our session, you just laid down on the bed and started weeping. I can't even remember where you were. You might've been somewhere on location. I'm not sure because it was so painful. And that's, what's so big about this process, being witnessed in some of this so that you can move it out. Being witnessed is a really key part of moving and healing some of these things because you see the inner child is the gateway. The inner child holds the key to the spaciousness you need for the awakening process, which is what you've been in now for, for quite a while, but without moving, some people call it shadow work. I don't like to call it that. I like to look at it as a healing, right? And you move that out of the way you make spaciousness. And then guess what? We have access to that deeper stuff that's in there, which is where you are now. But I wonder, Tori, if you remember some of those times where it was really hard. I think back to that time and I'm like, First of all, thank God for you guys. <laughs> I don't know where I would be. I feel like I genuinely crawled out of the lowest pit in the middle of the earth. How is it on, on your side, knowing that when somebody's experiencing all of this and going through this process, knowing that sometimes it's gonna be so hard for them to show up and sometimes they're gonna stray from it and then they're gonna come back. Like, do you feel like you're lassoing and trying to wrangle crazy cattle? <laughs> You do, but you have to really allow everybody to do it in their own time. So there is a very interesting mix, Melissa and I have spoken about this, of when to push and when not to push. And sometimes people need a, just a little push, like, hey, are you coming back around to this? And sometimes if you push somebody at the wrong time, they can run. Because the gatekeeper is tricky, and the gatekeeper comes up with plausible reasons, I call them darts, to 
be done. I don't need to do this. I, what, what, what's the, you know, what, why do I need to do this? And so that happens, right? That happens. It's too much of my time. This isn't going to work. Look, I'm feeling worse. All of these things come up and yeah. So I think getting people through takes a lot of coming in from a lot of angles as well as giving you at the same time, the reason you were able to stand up, giving you the tools to be your own aligned inner parent to really see and feel what's out there once you, you know, remove the veil of survival. You know, we hear a lot, there's so many colors. I can't believe, I mean, I remember one group we had where everyone came in and everyone said, I can't believe all the colors. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting, yeah. right? It's just waking up into yourself. I know we're talking a lot about some of the pain, but it's also the most incredible yeah. thing. And it's such a grand honor to sit in this chair and watch people stand up into themselves. Yeah. Melissa, I'm curious, like, what is it like from your side? It's transformative, right? It's watching when you're sitting there piecing something together and or really stuck in it and then flipping the energy and having that moment and go oh gosh you discover something new about yourself and mm -hmm. and for you tori you always you you show up and you're open it might be hard to to kind of hear it or look at it but you're always curious about yourself you're going huh okay that's really interesting Oh, why do I do that? Okay, I'm, I'm willing to take a look. If it's a push, sure, sometimes we get the push, but you look at it, right? Thank you. You observe it. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd like to give you guys credit for that because there's it never feels like judgment. I, I like to look at it as not like judgment. I like to look at it as we're learning to accept mm. ourselves for all of it, yeah. what, whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. I always say no good or bad. It just either serves us or it doesn't serve us but nothing is bad. We're human. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're doing it. Everything we're doing is based on something else we've learned or that was told to us, or we're doing it to stay safe. And so no judgment, just acceptance, right? Acceptance and growth and noticing a lot of spaciousness. And you've been very good at that. And I think one incredible part, and this just might even be in your personality is Sometimes people will get super defensive in this work. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever worked with you when you've been defensive, right? And that's why I say it's not judgment, it's acceptance. Yeah. There's been this real acceptance of, I know for myself in my own work, when something comes up and it's icky, and I'm like, oh God, I've been doing that thing. I can't believe I did that thing, right? I will have a few minutes, a few hours, a few days of just like, ah, oh, disappointment and kind of like, I'm a little disgusted. And then it moves off and I can get to yeah. business, right? Which is, let's remove that. So it feels more like that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without you ladies. It's been three years and, and I don't think I'm going to stop anytime soon. Like, even though I do feel like I'm way more aligned with who I want to be, I do feel like I've stepped in a lot as my aligned parent. I think that these conversations are so important to continue to have because new things keep popping up old patterns keep getting triggered and even though it's become easier it doesn't it doesn't feel like it really stops it just feels like you get better at mm -hmm. supporting it and getting through it but we are short on time for this first episode so and i obviously mm -hmm. want to have a deeper dive episode with you ladies because you're just incredible but if people are interested in working with you, you before we leave what would you say to them or where where could we direct them after this episode and then we can go into a deeper dive next episode yeah you can go to morriscoachinggroup.com 
or we also have an Instagram, The Inner Self Healing Journey. And those are two ways that you can reach us. Yes. And I'll be sure to plug everything in the show notes below. Yeah. I'm so excited that you guys are opening up more to more people because your work is incredible and it's helped me so much. And um, thank you for coming on this episode of the podcast. Look forward to going into the deeper dive with you next week. (laughs) Thanks, Tori. Thank you. Thank you for having us.